Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or from also the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, and there you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the lesson for the day as well as the reading for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about uh, 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 30, The New Beginning, with Section 5, The Truth Behind Illusions. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 318. In me, salvation's means and end are one. In me, salvation's means and end are one. And I'm very happy to report that uh, it it took to the very last minute this morning before uh, the opening arrived. But I'm happy to report that I found it. I knew it would be from St. Teresa of Avila. Um, And it's a poem that goes like this. She calls it, I Will Just Say This. We bloomed in spring. Our bodies are the leaves of God. The apparent seasons of life and death our eyes can suffer. But our souls, dear, I will just say this forthright. They are God himself, and we will never perish unless he does. In me, salvation's means and end are one. Amen. Thanks for that. Thank you. It was kind of oh, short. Man. Should I say it again just to soak it up? I think I will. Yeah, good idea. We, we bloomed in spring. Our bodies are the leaves of God. The apparent seasons of life and death our eyes can suffer. But our souls, dear, I will just say this forthright. There God himself. We will never perish unless he does. Um, salvation's means and ends. Huh? Alrighty. Thanks for letting me find and repeat that poem. And here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Jennifer, Karen, Jessica, and Patricia. And we're joined in listening this morning by Bryce and Judy. And has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or just be on the reading list or uh, tell us your listening? Good morning, this is Pat, and I'm listening. Good morning, Pat. Good to see you. Good, good morning, it's Harrison. I'm listening. Good morning, Harrison. All right. Oh, boy. So, Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 5, The Truth Behind Illusions. Boy, what a section title, huh? 
the truth behind illusions. Today we start at paragraph 49. You always, whoopsie, sorry. Paragraph 49, you will attack what does not satisfy, and thus you will not see you made it up. You always fight illusions, for the truth behind them is so lovely and so still in loving gentleness. Were you aware of it, you would forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. The truth could never be attacked. And this you knew when you made idols. They were made that this might be forgotten. You attack but false ideas and never truthful ones. All idols are the false ideas you made up to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true. And you attack them for the things you think they represent. What lies beyond them? cannot be attacked. Good morning. Thank you, Lori. The New Beginning, Section 5, The Truth Behind Illusion. You will attack what does not satisfy, and thus you will not see you made it up. You always fight illusion. For the truth behind them is so lovely and so still in loving gentleness. Were you aware of it, you would forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. The truth could never be attacked. And this you knew when you made idols. They were made that this might be forgotten. You attack but false ideas and never truthful ones. All idols are the false ideas you made to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true. And you attack them for the things you think they represent. What lies beyond them cannot be attacked. The wearying, dissatisfying gods you made are blown up children's toy. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a closed box is opened suddenly, or when a soft and silent woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his seeming control of what surrounds him. And he is afraid because he thought the rules protected him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him. Broke no rules, nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. He was mistaken. He misunderstood what made him safe and thought that it had left. Thank you, Lemoyne. I'm Fran. 50. The worrying, dissatisfying gods you made are blown up children's toys. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a, as a closed box is opened suddenly, or when a soft and silent woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. 
The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his quote-unquote control of what surrounds him. And he is afraid because he thought the rules protected him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him, broke no rules, nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. He was mistaken. He misunderstood what made him safe and thought that it had left. 51. The gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms, and each one seems to break the rules you set for it. It never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety since the rules were wrong. But you are not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns they are no threat to him. Yet while he likes to play with them, he still perceives that as obeying rules he made for his enjoyment. There still are rules which they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet is he at the mercy of his toys, and can they represent a threat to him? Thank you, Fran. I'm Jennifer. The gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms, and each one seems to break the rules you set for it. It never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety since the rules were wrong. But you are not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns they are no threat to him. Yet while he likes to play with them, He still perceives them as obeying rules he made for his enjoyment. So there still are rules which they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet is he at the mercy of his toys? And can they represent a threat to him? 52. Reality observes the laws of God and not the rules you said it is his law which guarantee your safety all illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws they seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them but they fall and cannot rise again they are are but toys my children Do not grieve for them. Their dancing never brought you joy. But neither were they things to frighten you nor make you safe if they obeyed your rules. They must be neither cherished nor attacked, but merely looked upon as children's toys without a single meaning of their own. See one in them, and you will see them all. See none in them, and and they will touch you not. Thank you, Jennifer. Hi, Karen. 52. Reality observes the laws of God 
and not the rules you set. It is his laws which guarantee your safety. All illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws. They seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them, but then they fall and cannot rise again. They are but toys, my children. Do not grieve for them. Their dancing never brought you joy, but neither were they things to frighten you nor make you safe. If they observed your rules, they must be neither cherished nor attacked. I'm sorry, I reread that. But neither were they things to frighten you nor make you safe if they observed your rules. They must be neither cherished nor attacked, but merely looked upon as children's toys without a single meaning of their own. See one in them, and you will see them all. See none in them, and they will touch you not. 53. Appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Dwell not on them in any form. They but observe real excuse me, they but obscure reality, and they bring fear because they hide the truth. Do not attack what you have made to let you be deceived, for thus you prove that you have been deceived. Attack has power to make illusions real. Yet what it makes is nothing. Who could be made fearful by a power that can have no real effect at all? What could it be but an illusion, making things appear like to itself? Look calmly at its toys and understand they, that they are idols which but dance to vain desires. Give them not your worship, for they are not there. Yet this is equally forgotten in attack. God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? Thank you, Karen. Uh, Jessica. 53. <clears throat> appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Dwell not on them in any form. They but obscure reality, and they bring fear because they hide the truth. Do not attack what you have made to let you be deceived, for thus you prove you have been deceived. Attack has power to make illusions real. Yet what it makes is nothing. Who could be made fearful by a power that can have no real effect at all? What could it be but an illusion, making things appear like to itself? Look calmly at its toys and understand that they are idols which but dance to vain desires. Give them not your worship, for they are not there. 
Yet, this is equally forgotten in attack. God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? 54. Appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this will be done, for this you cannot understand. But you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols, and thus is he free. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, Patricia. 54. Appearances can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this will be done. For this, you cannot understand. But you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols. And thus is he free. 55. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you but that you forgive all things that no one ever did. To look, to overlook, what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality you are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer no longer for the things you do not want and you are asked to let yourself be free, free of all the dreams of what you never were, and seek no more. 
to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. Thank you, Patricia. And would there be a new reader for um, 55 and 56? Here I am. Here I am. I can do Thanks, that. Judy. Oh, uh, Ju- Judy, then Robin Marie. Thank you. Oh. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be? <coughs> Excuse me. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you, but that you forgive all things that no one ever did to overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. You are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. And you are asked to let yourself be free of all the dreams of what you never were. And seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. Here does the dream of separation start to fade and disappear. For here the gap that is not there begins to be perceived without the toys of terror that you made. No more than this is asked. Be glad indeed salvation asks so little, or asks so little, not so much. It asks for nothing in reality, and even in illusions, it but asks forgiveness be the substitute for fear. Such is the only rule for happy dreams. The gap is emptied of the toys of fear, and then, its unreality is plainly seen. Dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. They offer him no single thing that he could ever want. He is delivered from illusions by his will, and but restored to what he is. What could God's plan for his salvation be except a means? to give him to himself. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Uh, And Robin Marie. 56. Here does the dream of separation start to fade and disappear. For here the gap that is not there begins to be perceived without the toys of terror that you made. No more than this is asked. Be glad, indeed. Salvation asks so little, not so much. It asks for nothing in reality, and even in illusions, it but asks forgiveness, be the substitute for fear. Such is the only rule for happy dreams. The gap is emptied of the toys of fear, and then its unreality is plain. Dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. They offer him no single thing that he could ever want. He is delivered from illusions by his will, 
and but restored to what he is. What could God's plan for his salvation be except a means to give him to himself? Thank you, Robert Marie. And thank you, everyone, who read this morning. Um, let's see. Oh, gosh, we have, we have 15 minutes left. Should we do it again? Reverse the order and go through, through just one uh, melodic yeah. paragraph after another? Okay. Yeah, right. Let's try I love it when we do that. Do it. Do it. Me too. <laughs> let's, let's, try for, um, let's try to do it without a pause. And let's see. Um, I'll do it. I'll write it like this. Is there anyone who's not willing to read again? Okay. Then Robin Marie. Let's see. Is there an unmuted line? That's me. Robin Marie. Okay. If you'd like to pick up uh, the title and first paragraph, Judy, uh, 50. Patricia, 51. Jessica, 52. Karen, 53. Jennifer, 54. Fran, 55. Wow, we have just exactly the right number. And Lemoyne, 56. And we'll just go through it really smoothly like that and try and soak it up. Uh, Ready? <laughs> Take it away, Robert Marie. Chapter 30, The New Beginning. 5, The Truth Behind Illusions. 49, You will attack what does not satisfy, and thus you will not see you made it up. You always fight illusions, for the truth behind them is so lovely and so still in loving gentleness Were you aware of it, you would forget defensiveness entirely and rush to its embrace. The truth could never be attacked. And this you knew when you made idols. They were made that this might be forgotten. You attack but false ideas and never truthful ones. All idols are the false ideas you made to fill the gap you think arose between yourself and what is true and you attack them for the things you think they represent. What lies beyond them cannot be attacked. What lies beyond them cannot be attacked. The wearying, dissatisfying gods you made are blown up children's toys. A child is frightened when a wooden head springs up as a closed box is opened suddenly or when a soft, silent, woolly bear begins to squeak as he takes hold of it. The rules he made for boxes and for bears have failed him and have broken his, quote, control, unquote, of what surrounds him, and he is afraid because he thought the rules protected him. Now must he learn the boxes and the bears did not deceive him, broke no rules, nor mean his world is made chaotic and unsafe. He was mistaken. He missed 
understood what made him safe and thought that it had left. The gap that is not there is filled with toys in countless forms, and each one seems to break the rules you set for it. It never was the thing you thought. It must appear to break your rules for safety since the rules were wrong. But you are not endangered. You can laugh at popping heads and squeaking toys, as does the child who learns they are no threat to him. Yet while he likes to play with them, he still perceives them as obeying rules he made for his enjoyment. So there still are rules which they can seem to break and frighten him. Yet is he at the mercy of his toys and can they represent a threat to him. Reality observes the laws of God not, and not the rules you set. It is his laws which guarantee your safety. All illusions that you believe about yourself obey no laws. They seem to dance a little while according to the rules you set for them. But then they fall and cannot rise again. They are but toys, my children. Do not grieve for them. Their dancing never brought you joy. But neither were they things to frighten you, nor make you safe if they obeyed your rules. They must be neither cherished nor attacked but merely looked upon as children's toys without a single meaning of their own. See one in them, and you will see them all. See none in them, and they will touch you not. Appearances deceive because they are appearances and not reality. Dwell not on them in any form. They but obscure reality, and they bring fear because they hide the truth. Do not attack what you have made to let you be deceived, for thus you prove that you have been deceived. Attack has power to make illusions real, and what it makes is nothing, yet what it makes is nothing. Who could be made fearful by a power that can have no real effects at all? What could it be but an illusion, making things appear like to itself? Look calmly at its toys 
and understand that they are idols, which put dance to vain desires. Give them not your worship, for they are not there. Yet this is equally forgotten in attack. God's son needs no defense against his dreams. His idols do not threaten him at all. His one mistake is that he thinks them real. What can the power of illusions do? Appearances can be can but deceive the mind that wants to be deceived. And you can make a simple choice that will forever place you far beyond deception. You need not concern yourself with how this will be done. For this you cannot understand. But you will understand that mighty changes have been quickly brought about when you decide one very simple thing. You do not want whatever you believe an idol gives. For thus the Son of God declares that he is free of idols, and thus is he free. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? I'd ask you but that you forgive all things that no one ever did to overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. You are but asked to let your will be done and seek no longer for the things you do not want. And you are asked to let yourself be free of all the dreams of what you never were and seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. Here does the dream of separation start to fade and disappear. For here the gap that is not there begins to be perceived without the toys of terror that you made. No more than this is asked. Be glad indeed salvation asks so little, not so much. It asks for nothing in reality. And even in illusions, it but asks forgiveness be the substitute for fear. Such is the only rule for happy dreams. The gap is emptied of the toys of fear, and then its unreality is plain. Dreams are for nothing, and the Son of God can have no need of them. They offer him no single thing that he could ever want. As delivered from illusions by his will, and but restored to what he is. What could God's plan for his salvation be except a means to give him to himself? Oh, thank you, everyone. That, um, that just feels like it's fuller and fuller, doesn't it? Um, let's see here. We have four minutes before the top of the hour. And um, I think some have joined us since we started our reading. 
And I wonder if you'd like to announce yourself, just so we know you're here and we can say good morning. Morning, it's Sandra. I'm here. Hi, Sandra. Morning. Morning, Mindy. You think you can do a three-minute review? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Mindy. Anyone else care to announce? Okay. <clears throat> well, welcome all. And um, let's see, we have three minutes before the top of the hour. Um, does anyone have any first impressions they'd like to share before we take our holy pause at the top of the hour? I would love to. It's Karen. I just Thank love uh, paragraph 55. Forgive all things that no one ever did. To overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. Excuse me, I'll go back. Salvation is a paradox indeed. What could it be except a happy dream? It asks you, but that you forgive all things that no one ever did, to overlook what is not there and not to look upon the unreal as reality. Be free of all the dreams of what you ne- never were and seek no more to substitute the strength of idle wishes for the will of God. Isn't that just, I mean, that's like a, a three-minute, um, yeah, for Mindy. Just forget everything that isn't real and everything you never wanted and everything that never happened and accept the will of God instead of idle wishes. I'm complete. Yes, it does say it all. Thank you, Karen. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Uh, This is Lemoyne. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I want to bring a paragraph from... uh, the lesson I felt like, you know, when I when I realized, recognized in the course, it says that you just need to learn one lesson all the way. I said, what lesson is that for me? And it was, uh, it's been lesson 135. If I defend myself, I am attacked. And, you know, I think that is part, you know, that's, the reflection of what it's talking about here, attack, even if it's attack back, makes the illusion real. We forget that our belief is driving us. And so this paragraph is very simple. It reflects the reading and what it says, and all your defenses have been aimed at not receiving what you will receive today. And in the light of joy, light and joy of simple truth, you will but wonder why you ever thought you must be defended from relief. Heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. 
You give up nothing in these times today. When undefended, you present yourself to your creator as you really are. Oh, thank you for that, Lemoyne. Just like yeah. that. I was, I was, oh, boy, that really let, leads leads right into what I was thinking up was um, the very first line, you will attack what does not satisfy. And, of course, I will defend what does satisfy me. You know, what satisfies my ego, I really want to defend, you know, property, prestige, status, power, personal power, um, able to, to use and manipulate according to personal gains and achievements and all that lovely jazz. So <laughs> this is really a great section. And, um, but that, um, you know, really um, brings home, um, you know, the attack and defense of, of the ego's continuous. War, being at war on the battleground, um, not only with others, but within myself and, um, you know, appearances and form, and that I am um, formless and changeless in a constant and consistent state of perfect peace and joy and happiness. Now, um, you know, there's this is a simple choice that um, will forever place me be on deception, willing to deceive myself and, and thinking I'm, I'm something that I'm not, um, willing to give up and betray my true self for a little piece of, of, a, of an illusion in the world. I mean, it really seems to be totally absurd and laughable. And I can remember a line in, in the text yesterday or the day before that said, the Son of God in heaven would merely laugh at idols or the use of idols. And that's how I'm feeling this morning. Amen. I'm complete. Yeah, thanks, Judy. And uh, and together I think we've opened the space uh, where we can have another look. Have another look at what is the last judgment. And today's lesson, so Fran... Uh, thanks for leading us again. We'll open the space for you, okay? Thanks. Uh, thank you. Hi, everybody. We're still in the second part of the workbook. The theme we're on is what is the last judgment? And today's lesson is lesson 318. In me, salvation's means and M are one. So I shall read some from What is Last Judgment, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. What is the last judgment? The final judgment on the world contains no condemnation. For it sees the world is totally forgiven, without sin, and wholly purposeless. Without a cause, and now without a function in Christ's sight, it merely slips away to nothingness. There it was born, and there it ends as well. And all the figures in the dream in which the world began go with it. 
Bodies now are useless and will therefore fade away because the Son of God is limitless. You who believe that God's last judgment will condemn the world to hell along with you, accept this holy truth. God's judgment is the gift of the correction he bestowed on all your errors, freeing you from them and all effects that ever seem to have. To fear God's saving grace is but to fear complete release from suffering, return to peace, security and happiness, and union with your own identity. We'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 318. In me, salvation's means and end are one. In me, God's holy Son, are reconciled all parts of heaven's plan to save the world. What could conflict when all the parts have but one purpose and one aim? How could there be a single part that stands aside or one of more or less importance than the rest? I am the means by which God's Son is saved because salvation's purpose is to find the sinlessness which God has placed in me. I was created as the thing I seek. I am the goal the world is searching for. I am God's Son, His one eternal love. I am salvation's means and end as well. Let me today, my Father, take the role you offer me in your request that I accept atonement for myself. For thus does what is thereby reconciled in me become as surely reconciled in you. Lesson 318. In me, salvation's means and end are one. Five minutes.
Lesson 318. In me, salvation, means, and end are one. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Fran. I was was just so enamored of of the idea that um, how how can the Son of God be free except that to realize um, this is all a dream, the dream, (laughs) the dream of judgment. How should the Son of God awake? realize it was a dream of judgment that can be released and and the truth comes rushing in so uh, thank you thank you for the way you delivered um, the words of what is the last judgment because that really brought that idea home to me today thanks friend I'm complete thank thank you so much Thanks, Fran. Beautiful. I love when he tells us, I am the goal the world is searching for. I am God's son. Wow. Is that amazing to find out where the goal the world is searching for? I get that. I'm complete. Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. That which I've been seeking. Thanks, friend. It's here. Thank, Thank you, friend. Beautiful and uh, uh, continuation, friend. This I am and your voice and the infinite silence that sings through it that I am I'll confess as I'm walking now I'm mentored by a chant a chanting that says I am I am by every breath and by every step every step every breath I am God sanctuary I am God sanctuary every step every breath I am I am every breath given every step taken I am God sanctuary God sanctuary God sanctuary I am and that continues Every time I ask some kind of question or say, oh, is it time to go to the bathroom or what time, what should I do? It's chanting in the background. And sometimes I'm going to confess, friend. I ask, well, gee, that's a pretty big role. And it says, oh, honey, it's just the opposite. Because look what it is. Everyone else is my sanctuary. We're no longer looking are others to be the same. Honey, 
This is not a grandiose thing. This is the truth. You are my sanctuary. And every breath and every step. You know this, and knowing it means it's the same in everyone and everything else. They are my sanctuary, dear. Allow the mystery. Be it. And it just keeps singing. And it keeps knocking off any ideas I have of what it means other than to allow that to be. I am. Thank you. Oh, that went deep. Thank you, Patricia. Thanks, Patricia. This is Sandra, and uh, boy, this one for me um, is really about the misbelief that I'm a body. (laughs) Um, it, It says in the last judgment, bodies now are useless and will therefore fade away because the Son of God is limitless. And, um, you know, in the lesson it says God's Holy Son are, holy, God's Holy Son are reconciled all parts of heaven's plan to save the world. What could conflict when all the parts have, been, have but one purpose and one aim? And that would be to save the world. And how do I save the world? Is first of all to forgive myself for being so identified with the body. And thinking that the body can be hurt. Um, And it's just... The one challenge is to just really get beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not a body. That this body is something that's an illusion. It's not real. Only function is to forgive, (laughs) to forgive itself, to forgive all other bodies that think that they are real and and, uh, they're the end-all and the be-all. And it's just um, you will attack what does not satisfy. And, And I don't know, but I think that this world gets a great deal of satisfaction out of bodies. It certainly appears that way whether they're um, adoring bodies or worshiping bodies or killing bodies I mean that's the other side of worshiping bodies is just kill them and that's you know that's I think if we didn't identify with being bodies we wouldn't have wars I'm complete (coughs) thank you Sandra thank you Thank you, Sonder. Hi, good morning, guys. It's a wonderful text reading and a wonderful lesson today. And um, standing in my home ground, heaven, heaven, 
goes with me wherever I go, the awareness of Christ consciousness, aware of everything as being spirit and mind itself, that everything, everything is one, and everything is love. Um, this is, is just such a powerful text reading today because it really brings home the idea of uh, the dream, what the dream is, the dream of, of, of perception, the dream of judgment, the dream of being an instrument of perception in order to perceive a world that is not really here the way we think it is, and how we have a new way to experience it in the totality of our awareness, in our unity, in our state of grace, in our state of joyfulness and peace and happiness that is changeless, um, that state of grace that, that is always present, that goes with me wherever I go, that state of mind, state of mind, that grace is a state of mind, that heaven is a state of mind, that I'm purely mind and spirit, one with my source and my creator. And how we, 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 we perceive and judge through an instrument of perception and judgment with our senses of safety senses of taste and smell and sight and hearing and touch, uh, which is a different level of experience, but we, we, we identify with it and make an idol of it and limit ourselves to it and then try to aggrandize our ego's limited perception of it through, through greed and through, through fighting and conflict who gets more and who has less and who's better than and who's less than and all that jazz. And to be free of fear, I love that. Be sure I'm made an idol if I feel fear in any form because I've invested, I've invested my mind in a part of reality to give me more or to make me believe I can be less than. And so to be free of fear is what this text is really singing to me of, to be free of fear and know that heaven goes with me wherever I go and that um, I'm, I'm not subject to anything in the dream because my mind, my one holy mind, is dreaming the dream. I am the dreamer of the dream, and that is what awakening means to me. That's what enlightenment means to me. I truly recognize, acknowledge, and claim the truth of who I am, that I am one with my source, and all that I see is myself, united in a state of grace and holiness. I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy.
thinking about that that free of 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 the desire to control rea- unreality <laughs> which is i think everybody before they really come to come to the truth um you know planning and uh, the ego's plan for salvation what keeps me safe what what um illusions i have of safety of protection of um aggrandizement um you know the goals i would achieve all that i need to learn and become and um you know all that stuff disappears it, and it's not like it goes away and 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 it's not here to be seen in the world because it obviously is still happening um on many in many people's minds but um in me that that sense of of need and desires and wanting and seeking has disappeared and you know that i'm learning what i've come to recognize is um what the word disappears means to my mind that i that i no longer see it see it in that way um it's it's like the difference between being blind and and not seeing what's really true and and um seeing with vision what's really true what's really valuable and what really has meaning and and what it, the real purpose of the world is to the to restore us restore our minds to the awareness of who we are in truth i'm complete <clears throat> thank you judy thank you judy good morning is everyone then thanking judy before i go Okay, is Robin Marie still here? I was just wondering. Did she leave? Hi there. <laughs> nice to hear my mother and everybody. Thank you. <laughs> my Hi mother there. is now your neighbor. Oh, great. Good news. They arrived at oh uh, 3 o'clock in the morning or something. Oh but, my gosh! And we got yeah. some rain here today. It's it's really nice. They just they just got her in the house before it started pouring. So my sister <laughs> was driving from San Francisco all that way, and if it had been raining, it would have been really hard for her to drive after this trip. So oh. they just got her in the wheelchair and got her in the house before it started pouring. Oh, <laughs> hallelujah! Great news! Right? Thanks for calling me. Do you want to share before I go? Because I know you have to go to work. Please. Uh, well, I was, you know, I, I've been working, of course, with little children who are learning how to use their eyes and hands and ears. And so uh, listening to this is good for me because I can teach them how important it is to love each other, which is the most important thing that children learn, but all the other stuff that they have to learn to be able to get along in the world is important too. So I'm just thinking about it. Thank you all. Oh, that's just Thank so you, sweet, Robin. Robin. Marie. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Robin. <laughs> 
It's always so great to hear your voice. Um, this is Karen. Uh, yeah, so as I just said, my mother made it to California. And I just feel like I'm so grateful for all the miracles along the way, which I shared on the first class, so I won't, I won't repeat it. But um, I love that Sandra keeps emphasizing almost every day forgiveness. And I just wanted to put that out there because I don't stop and thank her every single day. But, you know, it's so important to hold your mind in Christ. Hold your mind in right, right thinking. That is the means to salvation. The end is becoming Christ. But we can become that Christ self in the holy instant while we hold ourselves to the truth. And in that one, and then it's like Robin Marie was just saying, you know, we're teaching children the rules. The rules that, that children learn are wrong. But the true rules are the Christ mind. The true rules are the forgiveness. And um, when miracles happen and we go beyond the form of this world into a state of grace, a state of holiness, a state of love and peace, and so beyond, it's, it's like my younger brother didn't want my mother to move to California. And he and my older sister have been resisting this idea since last March before my mother got hurt and everything. And they can't, they can't understand what it will be like to live in a holy household, a spiritual household. I mean, my mother is 95. She's going there. She's probably never coming in, back again to the East Coast because it's the end of her life. But she's going to spend the end of her life in a state of grace, in holiness, and Christ's mind. And it's hard for people who don't know what that is to appreciate it. But for those of us that do know what it is, what that love looks like, what it feels like, how it's uh, transformational, and what a gift it is to have that, it's just... You know, that's what we're here for. That's our, uh, the means. You know, we're here to, to help others discover that. I guess that's enough to be said. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Oh, that makes my heart sing. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen.
this, this, this text reading today in, in paragraphs 54 and 55, um, the one that Karen reread about what salvation, um, salvation is a paradox indeed, um, really speaks to me of identifying myself wholly and completely with, with my self, my capital self, with my true I, capital identity um, as spirit and mind, and one with my source, and letting go of um, making an idol of, of Judy being in a body, which is, is, is the figure in the dream, the he- Judy being the hero in the dream of Judy, you know, and all that satisfaction and dissatisfaction, um, you know, the attack and defense that, that Lemoyne brought up earlier, um, that I would attack Judy because she, she, cause Judy doesn't like her, and it's Judy attacking Judy, and it's an illusion, attacking an illusion of a self that does a personal self that does not exist, and spending um, enough time and abiding in Christ consciousness, we really come to recognize how it's an impersonal sense of self that um, has has nothing to gain, needs nothing, uh, wants nothing, desires nothing, because it is whole in its own completion. Um, and it, it, it doesn't strive or make an effort to, to achieve anything or make anything happen. It doesn't have an agenda. It's really an impersonal sense of self without a sense of person at all within it. And this is something that I was contemplating this morning, how the spirit never knows the ego. It, it, the Holy Spirit never acknowledges the ego because he knows it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's the dream. And how the ego never knows my true self because it's an illusion and, and it's incapable of knowing anything. The ego never knows what the spirit is. <laughs> so it really made me laugh this morning when when I think about it, you know, how we... We come into the world and we think we're a body and we do all this striving and learning and growing and becoming and and we get to a, a time, inevitably, um, one way or another and ask ourselves, is this all there is or what's really happening here or who, who am I really? And, um, you know, we come to the end of the ego road and there's nowhere else to go except to turn inward and come home and find out the truth of who we are, that Christ is, has been, always was, and always will be my salvation within me. And it's the means and the end. It's what I was searching for. I, I am what I am. Those sacred words is always what I've been searching for and never need look outside of myself. Just wonderful stuff. So glad I'm here. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. Uh, what a gorgeous day for this Declaration of Independence, uh, which is how I subtitled The Truth Behind Illusions, <laughs> my Declaration of Independence. And I remember, um, gee, it's been five or six or seven years ago. I can't remember now. But Lee Flynn... Um, used to share a lot on our calls and he was always talking about freedom and and I remember thinking I wonder wonder what freedom is you know if I belong to true authority capital A um, what exactly is freedom you know when I was and I think it's a valid inquiry in fact I think it's maybe one of the most valuable inquiries uh, to ask, Holy Spirit, what do you mean by freedom? And I did. I, I I asked a lot because I didn't understand the word freedom. I didn't know what it meant, honestly. And isn't that the way it is with um, the Course in Miracles? Many words he uses in a way that I I I have my own meaning for them. And in order to understand what he's talking about. I have to uh, release a lot of my own meanings. And freedom was a word like that, and so was forgiveness. The two F words, freedom and forgiveness. And come to find out they're in the same family of ideas. (laughs) Because freedom is what's behind anything I forgive. And, And... you know, I, the other valuable thing about inquiry is it makes me aware. It, it, it causes my mind to be aware of what I'm looking for. What am I on the lookout for? What do I um, want to hear? Uh, how am I receiving uh, the messages the Holy Spirit sending me today? Am I sleeping or unaware or am I in a state of reception is my channel open inquiry puts me in that frame of reference and so what is freedom what is my declaration of independence but um, to discover the truth of me that means an and or one that I am that which I've been seeking and a funny thing I want to say also about the value of inquiry besides putting me aware of what it is I want to receive um, inquiry is is, um, to me a way the soul prays not asking for something but asking for understanding Um, and that you know is something we can do all the time it doesn't require any special prayers at all it just requires uh, a question what is freedom father tell me I do not know so once I'm aware of what it is I'd like to know um, by virtue of inquiry uh, then I'm in a state of receptivity and I'm looking for my answer and come to find out um, 
the easiest way for me ever to receive answers when I'm in a state of receptivity is to find myself in the presence uh, of a brother. That's the surest way. It's always the surest way for me. Uh, because what happens is, uh, <laughs> this is how I, how I interpret life, what happens is, uh, once I'm in a state of receptivity, Holy Spirit's free to arrange circumstances for me in a way that will give me answers. And Holy Spirit always uses uh, a brother. He always uses us to help each other. He puts us in a situation where um, we're in a space together in order to understand something together. And what is a miracle, you know, except that two minds realize their oneness and become glad. And so asking for what is freedom, I find myself in circumstances. And in the presence of circumstances, if I'm looking for an answer, I'll have it. And I'll have it by looking for it in a way that uh, allows me to help someone. And so anyway, here I was this one particular year asking, what is freedom? What is freedom? What is freedom? And I came upon uh, a person, or a person came upon me, uh, however you want to see that, you know. Um, I came upon a person who was really uh, trapped in a lot of ideas about how things should be. And, um, and, and, the picture she had was not matching the way she thought things should be. And I heard myself say, you know, I think freedom is being healed of the shoulds. <laughs> and as is uh, typical for me, I hear myself say something in, a, in an effort to be helpful. And that very thing I hear myself say is when I need, needed to hear myself, oh, Lori, Freedom is being free of all the shoulds. And that's what uh, today's reading talks about to me. I, uh, when I think I'm an ego, I have a lot of rules, a lot of, a lot of shoulds. And when something violates my shoulds, I lose my peace. And what he wants me to understand is that all of my so-called shoulds, all of my rules about what constitutes control and safety are um, mistakes, mistakes in my understanding. So when I look at um, that first paragraph, attack is always of illusion and you don't see can't read my own writing. You don't see that you made it up. Truth could never be attacked. You love truth. You're not aware of it, but you love truth. But you attack the things you think are truth. Not because of what they are, but because of what they represent to you. And now I, now I understand what he means in those very first lessons. Remember those very first lessons I have given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me? That's what he's talking about, these rules, these shoulds. In the 
manual for teachers will come upon a section called can God be reached directly and in that section you know what we're our goal here is the memory of God all right but in the section can God be reached directly he says um, yes God can be reached directly um, but in the presence of, of all that love uh, it won't be for very long because it, it really is overwhelming to the body um, but he does say that accepting the atonement for yourself is accepting the inclusiveness of creation and it might take a while it might take a while to realize how uh, inclusive the atonement is and it does it takes a while for me it took a while to break down all of those shoulds it should be like this and it should be like that and and this is truth and this is illusion you know and of all of those shoulds the ego constitutes um, a thought system and it's very very complex you know uh, what is that game they play nowadays where you stack up a whole bunch of things in such a way that they're balanced and then you come and pull one out that's the ego thought system it's so complex and it's built on so many shoulds but the promise that he gives us is that if I can see one thing that I've made up that isn't true I will realize that the ego thought system doesn't have a foundation at all it's built on so much complexity that I don't realize the degree to which ideas of separation and gaps have interfered with my truth my freedom but life as we go through it in our attempt to reach the memory of God is about taking apart all of these shoulds and letting these shoulds these rules for control fall apart so that at some point we're like Rumi and we can say out beyond right doing and wrong doing there's a field I'll meet you there when the soul lies down in that grass the world is too full to talk about ideas of me and you but you and me don't mean anything the course of miracles is a divine technology I mean it's it, it is a spiritual discipline like no other um, because it's designed explicitly to take apart all of those shoulds all of those rules for safety all of those ideas that I've taken into myself uh, in order to establish what I consider to be a safe zone and all of that structure is as complex as that step that they make in that game and it makes about that much sense the wonderful thing about God's plan for salvation <laughs> is that it's simple and in the healing of the shoulds in my inquiry what is freedom all I need do is say I don't know the truth of this I have a voice in my head that wants to tell me all the time what the truth is but as I learn to not listen to that and ask for truth Holy Spirit will always give it to me and in that process he perfectly helps me take apart 
that structure that I built on a false foundation of separation. And that process, <laughs> that, that divine technology is what happens anytime I allow forgiveness to light my mind. And when I allow forgiveness to light my mind, this is not something I can do, but I allow it with an inquiry for truth. Um, the the answer will be there, and the answer, whatever, however that appears, is always perfect. You know that feeling of I can't believe all my mistakes were solved by this answer, uh, and you see it just kind of crumble behind you, all these ideas that you had. And it's always an answer, uh, in my experience, it's always an answer that it's like Holy Spirit dives deep into my mind and experience and pulls something out for me to look at and says, here's where uh, you had a bad idea. You can let that go. And he does it so meaningfully that in my gut I know I know that, I mean, I know, I, I have a direct experience of knowing um, the truth. And every lesson, every lesson in the workbook is, um, I've discovered, seems to have a key. And when I find that key that unlocks my mistaken ideas, um, I become a little more free a little more free of the rules I made up that I defended, that I protected, and that I attacked anyone for violating, you see? And finally, uh, at the end, um, and we're nearing the end, this, this lesson here today, I am the thing I seek. I am that which I seek. Um, it's a marvelous discovery. He calls it nothing can compare with the beautiful surprise discovering who you are. You're absolutely right, Karen, when you say it's the time of the holy instant. And, um, and the holy instant, he says, is that moment um, where you enter wanting nothing but truth. And um, and I think probably most of us get to that place because we're so sick and tired of working uphill for so long. At least I did. Um, but anyway, that that release, that blessed release of everything that I thought made me safe, is how I discover truth behind the illusions that I am that thing I was seeking. And it seems to me. Uh, that inquiry and uh, paying close attention to um, the people I'm drawn to and that are drawn to me um, is how I'm going to find my answers and they'll be helpful to both of us because in point of fact in point of fact there's only one of us here and the glory of discovering I am that which I seek is is discovering the depth to which we belong to each other and the idea that we could 
attack that which we so deeply already love and didn't know it um, is a foolish dream. So anyway, uh, I'm complete and I'm very, very, very grateful this morning uh, for the way we open this up together. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I'm so glad we belong to each other. Yep, you got the tears going there again, once again, Lori. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, yeah. Ida. Hi, Lori. Thank you so much for um, everybody for your good thoughts, wishes, and prayers. And people have heard me ask for that on the first call. And things are already going better uh, with my relationship with that person. And um, um, in me, salvation's means and ends are one. And um, I want to accept that um, that joy and that responsibility today. Um, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, everyone, for your shares. Uh, the joy of the holy instant is I don't have to be holy going in, but I come holy. I come out holy. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. That was great. I need to be reminded of that. Yes, I, I, there, there was a time when I actually counted how many minutes were in the day, and I thought, how many times can I use the holy instant? <laughs> and I don't seem to need to use it so more. It, it really comes to um, the undoing of the ego, like Lori was so beautifully speaking of, where these things, you know, become meaningless to us, these fights that we... The, it, that we engage in these these roles that we play and in 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 our belief in the power in the world and you know letting go of all these kinds of of self self defined judgments of ourselves of who we think we are in the dream you know um, I was listening to a, a podcast yesterday about personal power and um, the power. Um, which is authentic, a real self, a genuine, in community, in in unity, in grace, and in in authentic listening and and hearing each other and responding in kind and you know in that dialogue, which is which is wholesome and necessary, being together with and for each other in the world, and then there's the you know it's the me against you, 
um, coming from that sense of, of separation and fear and what am I going to get out of this situation and what do I have to do um, in my role playing, you know, like I'm, I'm the nurse and you're the patient and I got power over you and you think I have power over you because of the roles that we play. That kind of jazz, you know, and, and or the roles that we play with status, you know, that I have more money than you do. I have, um, well, there's lots of, uh, lots of ways that society confers status on one person over another and the, and the power that people invest in their minds having status, you know. I mean, it, it could be even being a guru in a spiritual community, you know, that I have more status because I think I know more about God than you do. And, and I mean, I've been through self, self-inquiry with all those kinds of um, role-playing and, and idol-playing, making an idol of myself, and it's like, you know, it just gets to be laughable after a while, and you think, you know, it it really doesn't serve any wholesome or healthy or happy purpose, and why even go there, you know? It, it just becomes laughable, and it's like I said earlier, it's it's um, the heaven's sun, it, 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 the the mind of heaven's son in, in heaven is, and it's it's a way of being in a in a place of peace and joy and freedom and equanimity where every everyone's allowed to be just who they are because the universe is big enough for all of us to play in. And um, you know, if if you need more space, then I'll give you more space. But if you want to get close, then come right up next to me. You know, um, you know, it's just. Meeting people on the dance floor is the way I used to put it, um, and dancing the dance that they're dancing. You know, we're we're in this dance, and um, some people are doing the hokey pokey, and some people are doing a beautiful waltz, and you know, some people are just doing just authentic free movement, dancing by themselves. <laughs> Enough out of me. I'm having fun with it all today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Judy. Well, you know what? If there's no further shares, um, I think we can... Oh, I got one. I got one. Okay, Bryce. Pipe it up. I just want to read uh, a little bit from a line from a Pat Benatar song uh, called We Belong. We belong to the light. We belong... To the thunder. We belong to the sound of the words we've both fallen under. Whatever we deny or embrace, for worse or for better, we belong. We belong. We belong together. I'm complete. Oh, thank totally you. mackerel. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Perfect. That was just great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Bryce. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. That was great. Thank you. Come back. You know what? I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a perfect closing. I think I'm going to just end the recording right there. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Um, what a joy it's been this morning.
to find truth behind delusions.